0: Hi there. Welcome to Bill Allen's Facebook Studies. I'm Bill Allen and glad to have you today. Hope that you are doing well and having a good day. I am looking forward to our lesson today. It is right out of Mark 9. And uh, as you know, last week I was gone. I was at Harding University for their wonderful lectureship centered on maturing in Christ and finding your purpose and mission and all of that. Remembering that Christ is all we need, and he is all in all, and in all of you that have been baptized into Christ and have been raised to live that new life. And, uh, and that was a wonderful uh, week. It was centered on the book of Colossians, which is a great, great book. So I was glad to be able to send some things. If you didn't uh, see any of the videos that I sent with some wonderful singing led by the great Keith Lancaster, and a few other little things that I sent now and then last week. You might want to scroll down if you're on Bill Allen's Facebook page and see that. Uh, But I'm glad to have you today, and it's especially interesting to think about the lesson today in light of the the lessons that I heard last week. Because last week, as you might figure, was pretty much a mountaintop experience for me. It's always wonderful to be able to Go and be around a lot of people that share your faith to hear some wonderful lessons, uh, both in small classes focused on ministry, but also in uh, larger uh, sessions that include the great singing and lectures that I was able to hear. And so I thought that it would be a great thing to consider a lesson that we have in um, our readings from Uh, uh, the wonderful book by Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. And that is where we are right now. As I look at uh, a few days over the past few days, there are a few days where he centers on Mark chapter 9. And Mark chapter 9 includes two great stories, some other things as well, but two great stories. One is the story of Jesus' transfiguration. And another is an incident that happens between Jesus and a a boy's father who is possessed by a demon and is in very sad shape. And the father asks for Jesus' help. But first, the mountaintop experience of the transfiguration. It is the quintessential mountaintop experience. If you don't know that story, it's found in some of the Gospels and in in Mark chapter 9 is where Mark uh, shares this story. Jesus takes his inner circle of disciples. Remember, he had lots of followers, lots of disciples. He had 12 apostles that were called in a special way. And of those 12, there were three, uh, Peter, James, and John, uh, that uh, went with him on certain occasions a little bit farther than the rest. For example, when Jesus uh, healed, uh, brought, actually raised from the dead, Uh, The daughter of a synagogue ruler by the name of Jairus, it was Peter, James, and John along with the girl's parents that went into the room with him when he did that. Uh, When he went a little farther into the garden of Gethsemane to pray, uh, he had all the apostles with him except, of course, Judas. And, um, And Peter, James, and John went a little bit farther with him and then Jesus went off from them by himself. Uh, And another instance is here, in Mark chapter 9, Peter, James, and John go with Jesus up on this mountain, uh, on this hill, and um, Jesus is transfigured before them, and as they see him transfigured, they also see Moses and Elijah, and it's a great, great moment. And uh, Peter, James, and John are just transfixed by it all as you and I would be. And Peter, of course, says, Lord, let let us build a a few places for y'all to stay, because we don't want this mountaintop experience to end. And that's how we feel, isn't it? And, And that's okay. That's okay. But end it must. And that's when the Father says from heaven, this is my beloved son, listen to him clearly. Uh, Luke gives us a little bit more information. Moses and Elijah were talking to Jesus about the suffering that he was about to endure and two great men who could speak to that. God the Father brought back to God the Son, Jesus of Nazareth. And so that was a great, great moment. And as uh, as they went down, they, they went down. They didn't stay on that mountaintop. And that's that's what we do too, right? For example, I did drive home from Harding uh, last week. Uh, I did drive home. And when you do that, you realize that, you know, life at home, life in your regular normal world is normal. It's normal. But the interesting thing is, is that we don't live on the mountaintop. Uh, we don't We don't have those experiences. And, and emotionally, we couldn't take it. We, we can't live there forever. And so it's, it's for us to, um, to maintain that same devotion to Christ when we come down. Uh, the place of exaltation is a, a wonderful place. And we, we, are, we feel very close to God. We have that wonderful uh, emotional, likely, experience. But God doesn't allow us to stay there. He didn't allow his son to stay there. We need those, just like Jesus did that day, but but that's not where we live. That's not where we live. The true test of our spiritual life, Chambers writes, is in exhibiting the power to descend from the mountain. Um, We go down from that mountain to the valley below. I love the song by the old song by Keith Lancaster in acapella. I must come down from that mountaintop. Uh, to the people of the valley below, they'll never know that they can go to the mountain of the Lord. And that's that's why we don't stay on that mountain top. We go down to the valley to the people who need the same Lord who has come to mean so much to us. We need those moments of inspiration, and that's a great, great thing. And I appreciate last week a great deal. But we're made for the valley. We're made for the ordinary things of life. It's why Jesus left that throne room with the Father and emptied himself, as Philippians 2 says, and took upon human form as a servant and as a teacher and a preacher and a healer, went about doing good, as we were reminded on Sunday uh, from Acts chapter 10, as Peter describes Jesus to the Roman Gentile uh, officer Uh, Cornelius he went around doing good and that's what we're called to do uh, to go go about doing good in our daily lives in usually very un or non sensational ways the mountaintop is the sensational moments and those are few and far between needed and important yes but that's not where we live and we appreciate those and we love those and those are great but uh, where we live is every day And God puts us in the lives of people uh, just like that a cappella song says that that need to know that they can go to the same Lord that gave us that wonderful mountain peak experience and be able to do the same thing. Our spiritual selfishness wants to stay on the mountaintop. Um, And that's what we ask. That's what we want. But that's a a human desire. um, And it's a bit selfish. God calls us down from the mountain just like he called his son down from the mountain and uh, those times of exaltation uh, are exceptional and, and they're very meaningful for us but we must not let them prevent us from going down to the valley. Uh, let them work on our character and teach us that God is there and remind us of God's presence um, but there's a different purpose for us and, and we see that in the rest of this. There has to be some humiliation there on our part and on the part of others. And that's what Jesus and Peter, James, and John find out as they go down from that mountaintop experience of the transfiguration. Mark chapter 9 verse 16 says, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law, the scribes, arguing with them. And uh, Jesus asked, what are you arguing about? And a man says, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashing his teeth, and becomes rigid. I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Here is this father in great humiliation taking his son to these disciples and then to Jesus. He'd do anything, anything to help his son. And however low he has to go, whatever, uh, whoever he has to beg to help, he'll do it. He'll do it. And in that same humiliation, Jesus and Peter, James and John come down from the mountaintop and Jesus is met with this. And I'm sure that they were all tempted to say, you know, let's turn around, let's go back. I don't, I don't want to mess with this. I don't want to fool with this. I, I, I want to get back on that mountaintop, but that's not where we live and it's thrilling, and it's encouraging, and those are good things, and we need those at times, but that's not where we live, and that's not where we stay. Like Jesus led Peter, James, and John down, and into the valley, and to this Father, and to this whole discussion, and to this great event, um, we realize that seems drab, it seems routine, and it is, it is. It seems taxing and hard and it is, it is. But that's, that's ministry. And see, that's the third part. We go from exaltation to humbling ourselves, and then we get to where God can really use us. And that's in the valley. And that's the role of ministry, of serving, of helping, of healing, not in a miraculous, extraordinary way like Jesus does with this son, of this wonderful Father, but in our own ways of of becoming a healing presence of Christ for those who are suffering, for those who are going through the difficulties. And so Jesus tells them, the man comes to Jesus and he says, your disciples couldn't do anything. And, um, And so the Father pleads with Jesus in his humiliation, if you can do anything, please help me. And Jesus seems to... Um, to rebuke the man uh, verse 23 Jesus says if you can everything is possible for one who believes and if you know me and have known me for very long you know that I love this story and I love what the father says next he comes to Jesus and he says if you could do anything please help me and Jesus says if you can what's the matter with your faith man? everything's possible for the one who believes and immediately verse 24 of Mark 9 the boy's father exclaimed I do believe Help me overcome my unbelief. That's the place where we are many times. It's not that we don't believe, it's not that we have given up on Christ or God or church or Bible or anything like that. It's that it's that we're in a moment of struggle. And in in humiliation, we uh, we come to Jesus and we say, Man, I, I need one of those mountaintop experiences. I need I need your help or we go to a trusted brother or sister, a church leader perhaps. We go to God in prayer, I need your help. It's not that I don't believe, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. That is such a great, great prayer. And that's what this father prays. He would do anything for his son. And he acknowledges to Jesus, I don't have perfect faith and we can do the same, but I I have some faith. It's not that I have no faith, I have some faith. And I'm bringing it to you, Lord. I'm bringing it to you. And as we are ministers, as we are helpers, as we are disciples of Christ, we're called in that valley to people like this man. To people like this man and his son. To people who can't seem to help themselves and they need our help. And so we go to them. And we do that. Humbly, just like they approach God humbly, we do the same. And we do this in service and in ministry because we 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 need that connection between Jesus and ourselves to be able to do this. Jesus heals this boy and brings him, sends him, gives him back to his father healed. And the disciples come to Jesus and they say, How come we couldn't do that? He had come to us and asked us and we tried and we couldn't do it. And it seems to have something to do with their connection to the Father. Jesus says, boy, this one's hard, guys. This one takes a lot of prayer and fasting. It takes that great connection, as Oswald Chambers puts it in this chapter, to to be able to minister to people. Um, it's important for us to have those mountaintop experiences to get our batteries recharged, like I did last week, to be able to have a time of refreshing and renewal. And my good friend Eric Thornton put the word out uh, last Sunday night when I was uh, gone and uh, encouraged some people to send encouraging notes to me. And many of you did. And it was such a blessing to receive those. And so, what do we do with that? What do you do with that, Bill? Well, you go down from that mountaintop experience and you humble yourself before the Lord and you join in with those who have humbled themselves as well who need somebody and you pray to God that you can be that somebody not with your own power but with the power of the one who loves you and gave you his son and gave you the salvation that the blood of his son brought and gave you his Holy Spirit as a presence of the Father and so that's what we do we love those mountaintop experiences whenever we can have them and they're wonderful but what we have to do is come down from that mountaintop and join in with other sufferers and other strugglers and get in the fray and say, let me roll up my sleeves. I'm right beside you. I'll be glad to help any way I can. What can I do to help you through this? What can I do to bring you closer to the one who has come so close to me? I hope and pray that you, my friend, if you're in the valley, that you'll seek out the help you need and get it. And I also hope for you, my friends, who are not in that valley, that you'll remember those mountaintop experiences and that you'll come down and that you'll help those who need to know who reside in the valley so that they can know that they too can come to the mountain of the Lord. May God bless us all to be that for the people he sends us to. I'll see you on Thursday.